On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are doing an emergency Roy Williams retirement podcast. It is a sad day for Tate. Uh, mm. We are in Indiana. Uh, so here's what happened today. We were we were shooting something for Fox, a video we're putting out uh, over the weekend before the game start, hopefully. So uh, be sure to check that out. But we were doing like a tour guide thing, Tate, where I was taking you all over the state of Indiana, showing you all my favorite pilgrimages to, to Hoosier hysteria. And we were we were in the Hoosiers gym where they filmed Hoosiers. We were shooting around doing our Jimmy Chitwood impression. When we get into the car and you see that Roy you said Roy Williams just retired and we were both in disbelief and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I was going to say the rest is history kind of. Titus has been taking me around Indiana, showing me all the staples. You know, we got Louise our producer here. We're having a great day in Indiana. Like one of the best days, basketball days I've had in quite some time. You know, we go see your gym in Brownsburg. You know, we go to Knightstown, we see where the Hoosiers movie was shot. Uh, we go to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, and then we go to the net, look at the basketball museum, the best basketball museum in America, not the one mm -hmm. where the mass holes go, the one where the Hoosiers <laughs> go. Um, but regardless, we're doing all this stuff. And like you said, I get hit with, uh, when Roy Williams kissed the court, um, you know, with the last home game this year, it, it there was a little bit inside of me that, that said there's something coming. There's a storm approaching yeah. and I did not really understand what that would look like. I did think that, you know, maybe a guy like Wes Miller, who I mentioned at the end of the season, would be someone you bring in as a success succession plan for Roy Williams. Um, and right now, Mark Titus, I look at you and I say, I don't know what the plan is, but all I know is that Roy Williams well, is one of the goats of college basketball. He is by far one of the most influential people. He is what Dean Smith would have been to me if I was a little bit older. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Obviously, like you said, I mean, I, I was crying today, folks. And, you know, look, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to cry. It sucks. It sucks. And Roy Williams, the worst part about all of it, I'll say this before we get into it. The worst part about all of it is that Roy Williams seems to be blaming himself, seems to be putting a lot of this yeah. on himself. And that, I think, hurt me the most. And uh, from there, we'll talk about speculation of a new job. We'll talk about what does Carolina basketball look like. I'm sure the haters mm -hmm. will say Brad Stevens to Carolina. And we'll figure <laughs> out the rest. But well, uh, we'll talk about whether that's something you want. or Do you, do you need me to meme it to existence? I'll, I will certainly offer my services if that's what you want but uh yeah we we uh we, we wanted to put this out earlier but as i said we were driving all over indiana so apologies for that but it's still it still is an emergency podcast uh, yes. we're just recording it a little later in the day um so that's what's on the docket today we're gonna get to all of it but first woody durham All right, it is Thursday night. We are in Indianapolis, ready for the Final Four, starting this Saturday. And uh, it is April 4th, basically. <laughs> the big news of the day, as Roy pointed out in his press conference, was not an April Fool's joke. It, it, it happened. The man who, I'm going to say it for you, because I don't want you to have to pick sides as to whether Dean Smith or Roy Williams was better. Uh, he is the greatest coach in North Carolina basketball history. I believe I under, I understand that's a sensitive subject for Carolina fans because Dean laid the blueprint and then Roy took Dean's blueprint and ran with it. So you could argue that without Dean there would be no Roy. I don't care. I'm a neutral <laughs> observer, and from my perspective, Roy Williams is is his legacy at North Carolina. His uh his his resume was eclipsed. It at by the time his end, his run ended, it, it had eclipsed Dean Smith's run. He was the greatest coach in the history of one of the greatest programs in this country 
and uh, it that, that that's all I have to say. So what 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 run through your emotions? Uh, I I was with you at the time. The people listening were not. What was your initial reaction? What mm. was uh, what is your reaction all these hours later? Um, just give the people a, a sense of what, what your headspace is right now. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you see the news, breaking news, all caps, scooped. Roy Williams has decided to step down as the coach of North Carolina. And to give a little context from, you know, my point of view, you know, I had heard probably, let's say, two weeks ago, I had heard some rumblings that Roy Williams was not happy and that, you know, there was going to be some sort of sea change. And that is why, in my head, I thought – okay, Roy Williams looks around at his staff and says, I got to get some help. You know, Joe Holiday was really important to the staff. And I know a lot of people at home may say, I don't know who that is. But Joe Holiday was like Roy's best friend on the staff, left a few years ago, was kind of like moved into a more like office type of role. Um, and then you got guys like C.B. McGrath who leaves him and goes to UNCW. Jared Haas who leaves to go to UAB uh, in 2013 and then ends up at Stanford, as we know. So you lose top assistants, um, guys that really were close to him, guys that he coached himself, Jared Haas and C.B. McGrath, of course. Um, he did have Steve Robinson on staff with him. He did add guys like Sean May, who he won a championship with in 2005. But in general, I thought a sea change was coming with the staff. And... Uh, you know, it, it made sense to me because North Carolina has struggled. I think that Roy Williams puts a lot of the blame on himself, as we saw in this press conference today. Um, and from my point of view as a fan, as someone who, you know, I understand the Roy Williams story. If, if I can, you know, peel back the layers a little bit. I mean, this guy was in ninth grade in North Carolina and says, I want to be a head basketball coach someday. You know, I want to coach high school kids basketball. And, you know, that's very similar to my dad. That, that's what my dad wanted to do. So, and, you know, growing, in, growing up in North Carolina, basketball means a lot. It obviously means a lot to Roy Williams. And uh, th this, whole, this whole kind of, like, day and shift in time, I think the reason why it's so jarring and sad because you bring up Dean Smith and it's like Roy was an extension of Dean, right? So, like, even if you didn't get Dean, you got a version of Dean with Roy. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and the worst part, the catch-22 of it all, and I think that's why it's so sad, is that he spent his entire 18 years in North Carolina, comes back in 2003. He, he spends the entire time, Titus, trying to do a Dean Smith impersonation, right? Trying yeah. to be the, the, the Dean Smith of today, trying to do what Dean would do. I mean, you know, a lot of people have WWJD, what would Jesus do? In Roy Williams' mind, it was what would Dean do? Every single day he was at North Carolina, and he tried to make Dean Smith proud every single day at North Carolina. And I know a lot of people hear that, and they're like, well, that's kind of strange. But like Roy Williams said today, he used to walk to James Naismith's grave in Lawrence, Kansas, and just wow. look at it, you know, and just think about the fact that this guy in 1892 created a game that was supposed to be played in the wintertime and, uh, you know, turned into a, a game that Roy Williams owes his life to. And you and I, yeah. at, at a certain level, owe our yeah, life Yeah, we to. do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so that that sort of, you know, the gravity of a situation like that, and you, you peel back and see what Roy's been going through, you understand the pressure. You understand when he says in his press conference, you know, in 1982, Dean Smith had five games that came down to the last shot. All five of those games, the shots were missed. And in Roy Williams yeah. last year, he, he said he had six of those games, and all six, the shots were made. And he says something like that, and the way that he's saying it and framing it is like, Dean is better than me. 
And and I wish I could be like Dean. And what you just said to open the show, I think, is something that every single Carolina fan owes Roy Williams at some level. Not to say, hey, you're better than Dean, because we don't. Roy doesn't want to hear that. Obviously, that is right. his mentor. That's his hero. That's the most important person to him in the coaching world, um, and beyond, and just his world, his his realm of reference. But in general, Roy Williams came to North Carolina in 2003, and it was a desolate situation. And I, mm-hmm. I was 10. I, I knew all I knew was bad Carolina basketball pretty much. Like I remember Antoine Jameson, I remember Vince Carter, but you know what I really remember? Them losing to Utah. You know? Yeah. And and I yeah. remember Matt Darty coming in two thousand. I my brother went to Matt Darty's basketball camp. I, I was about to say I went, but I said no. I did not want to go. I went to Skip Prosser's camp instead at Wake Forest. And so in general, like the, the the story of Roy Williams coming to North Carolina in 2003 and then making them a, a perennial powerhouse is something that I think we've scoffed at and said, of course he did. And in reality, what Roy Williams did at North Carolina in 2003 and what he did in 1987, 1988 at Kansas when Larry Brown left the job, you know, w- with probation and all types of sanctions on the way at KU and that was his first big head coaching experience, you know? That was a, he was set up to fail. Dean Smith goes to bat for him, says, you got to hire this guy. He's the best of the best, you know, a real, a real gym, to say the least. And all he's done, Roy Williams, in my opinion, is overachieve. And all he's done is try to, you know, daggum it, ho-hum it, act like it's no big deal, you know, play it down, be, you know, be hard on himself. And what I heard today, Titus, was someone that, one, I want to give a hug. Stu, I want to yeah. give the, the utmost you know thank you and gratitude for the great basketball that I was able to enjoy my entire life. And three, I just want him to be able to talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like all I could think about today was like, man, I wish that this wasn't the place where, you know, Roy Williams felt like he was apologizing to us. And we don't need an apology, Titus. Well, well look, I, want, I want to talk to you about that because I, I, you know, I, first of all, I want to encourage you to, yeah, let it all out. I'm letting it out. I apologize. I apologize to America. My role here is uh, I'm just trying to steer the ship a little bit. And, and, um, but, but this is, this is your show. This is uh this is a time for you to, to do most of the talking, but uh, what I, I watched the press conference with you. And as you said, he seemed apologetic. He, he mentioned that he just doesn't feel like he's the right man for the job anymore. Um, you, you have kind of, uh, in the time that we've spent today talking about it, it feels like you're trying to convince yourself that you knew you saw this coming, given that he had kissed the floor, given that he had talked about what do you, what do you say? Like in one of his final press conferences that he felt 107 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and my question to you is, do, do you, do you feel like you really did have a sense that this was con- like, or, or is it, is it something that now that he has retired, you're looking back in retrospect and you're like, Oh, the, the signs were all there. Um, because you know that's easy to do. So like, do you in your heart of hearts feel like this was a, a surprise? Like, where on the surprise scale, where did this land? This announcement land for, to, you? To, for it to be in today? It was ten of ten. You know, I, I'm not gonna yeah. say like I I thought that April Fools 2021 Roy Williams is gonna say breaking news. I'm leaving North Carolina. No, I I thought the writing was on the wall of we have to have a plan, right? Like Dean Smith was in 1993 they win the title and he looks around to Bill Guthridge and says you're going to be my successor and then I wanted yeah. to be Phil Ford you know so like yeah. he knew he's probably about four or five years at that point but he's already creating the plan in place 
Roy Williams was not necessarily creating that plan in place. And that was a reason why you say, well, it's not going to happen. And also, you know, what is the Dean Smith thing we always hear, Titus? He retired too soon. That's what he said. Yes. He, he, yes. He's like, I left too soon. I wish I could have seen, you know, Jameson and Vince Carter, those guys' careers out. Um, and so if you're Roy and that's your mentor and you know that's the backdrop, you would assume that, you know, uh, allegedly when he told the chancellor of North Carolina on Sunday that he was going to step down, he said, please give me 20, like take 24 hours. Think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a very Dean Smith thing to do. Like give yourself the time to um, sort of marinate on it. See what it looks like to you in your head. And I think Roy Williams in general, I mean, it, it's one shocking, but two, it's not. Because I'll, I'll go through the timeline of why I think it's not so shocking, because this is what you said. Now I can go back and you, you put the clues together. We're going to do a little Hardy Boys exercise here. Yeah. So <laughs> 2014, I'm a student at North Carolina. I'm, I am a journalist. I am working inside Carolina. I am there in the middle of the academic, you know, the A fam stuff. You have stuff. big J's in your eyes at this point. Big J's. Big, the Weinstein Report, Titus. You, you, you're yeah. one of the few people that know what the Weinstein Report is. So I, I, read, the, I read every word of the Weinstein Report. As, as did I. So you yes. and I are probably the yes. two people that ever read it. And uh, we, we are. <laughs> Certainly the two people in media. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Every single other person in media saw Weinstein Report and said, get that out of my face. Carolina, give him the death penalty. Um <laughs> Anyways, so I, I witnessed then in 2014 Roy having these moments of like the world, the, the shift, right? Things are changing. I got media coming at my neck. I, I am like trying my best to fight these battles, but these battles are beyond me. What is Twitter? What is Instagram? What are they saying about me on the message boards? All these types of things are coming up at that time. He's also bringing in three kids that I think were the last real class of Carolina guys. And that's Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, and Justin Jackson, the class of 2014. Three guys that come in, McDonald's All-Americans, you know, and they're they're five stars, but they're really four plus stars, to be honest with you. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're guys that are going to stay three years. There were four stars who, once they committed to Carolina, they, they became the, five the stars. Blue blood bump. Yeah. Yes. They got Ex- the blue blood. Ex- like what Mason, Blum- yeah. Mason Blumley and Miles, like what happened to them? Yeah. Like they committed yeah. to Duke and they're immediately McDonald's right. All-Americans. But, right. and, and I'm fine with that. That has nothing to do with those kids. They're, they're great players. And what I'm saying is that Roy Williams had this foundation. What is the Roy Williams recipe, right, Titus? We know what it looks like. I bring them in. They have this kind of raw talent. And then by their junior year, we're Ty Lawson. We're fully formed. Yeah. We're Wayne Ellington. We're fully formed. We're Danny Green. We're Tyler Hansbro. We're that that is the recipe, and that's what 2009 was like the pinnacle of the Roy Williams, you know, experience. Right? That's perfect. In 2014, those guys do the same thing. They go to the title in 2016. Marcus Page, I and Bryce Johnson, I include in that group too. They're they're a little bit older. Um, they win the title. And, or the 16, they lose the championship, but everyone comes back. Then they get redemption. They win the title. And I'm there in Phoenix. I see Roy that night. I see every, everybody's there. Danny Green, everybody's there. I mean, it's like a Carolina celebration, you know? Like, everyone is – we're on cloud nine, Titus, because it's one thing to think redemption's going to happen, but when it does happen, you're like – and Virginia fans know this, you know? You're just like, I'm euphoric. But at yeah. that moment in time, we saw, like, the last of a dying breed, you know? It's like yeah. we – that form, that formula was dead, and it was going to be dead because as soon as Roy got done with that team, you know, Theo and Joel come back in 2018. Tony Bradley goes one and done, shocking to Roy. He's like, I, I don't understand this, but obviously mm-hmm. Tony goes. 2019, you bring in a kid, Kobe White, who at one time is 5'9", you know, is this kid from Wilson, North Carolina, that's supposed to stay like Joel Berry three years? Yeah, yeah. My my understanding, like the, when 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 we saw Kobe White early in his career, you you had 
told me like not not that he wasn't he not that he was a four year guy, but you're like, yeah, this guy's like a North Carolina legend, and like the, yeah. just the way you described him, I was like, oh, this is a great get for. Uh, I, I, did he end up being a five star? I'm sure he did. He, but like, he ended up being a five star, but like the the Kobe White example, I think was I I don't I don't want to say it's the final like kind of. It, I think it showed Roy Williams that like no matter what he does, no matter if you have like I mean Kobe's father passed away, um you know and, and Roy really stepped in there. They were super close, but there was no reason for Kobe to stay in college basketball, and there's no yeah. reason for Roy to convince him to stay. And Roy's entire existence in college basketball is like actually molding minds and teaching right, kids and right, wanting right. them to grow and get better. And the fact that you have this machine, which is the NBA, that is not only tampering with that philosophy and, and that tradition and those things, but like actively ruining it, you know, and like actively and then blaming it on college basketball. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and then convincing everyone in NBA media to point the finger at college basketball and say, you're ruining these kids. You're making these kids go to college when literally the rule is an NBA rule and it, it all falls on the NBA to fix this. And if you have a kid yeah. like Tony Bradley or Kobe Wyatt, you have this whole world of PR and media and buzz and hype that says, if you don't go, you're an idiot. And you yeah. also have track records of one of my good friends, James Michael McAdoo, who was a top five pick after his freshman year. I was one of the people that was like all up in his ear about coming back. I'm like, dude, if you if you come back, like it's on and popping. You're getting 20. I'm doing the Walker Kessler. You get 25 touches a game. Like this yeah. is your world. Um, you you know, and and he comes back and ends up not getting drafted by the time he leaves his junior year. So you have these cautionary tales also being thrown at you, and then you have guys like Kendall Marshall and Kobe White who like left early because they had to quote unquote, but wanted to be at Carolina, wanted to stay and play at Carolina. So if you're Roy Williams, I the, I say all this to say if you're Roy Williams, that's what I mean by things have changed. It's not the same game that you're playing, and now you are dealing with a different type of kid to be quite frank like a, a like a certain type of player nowadays that has the ability to transfer immediately yeah. it's just a different game and i think roy williams at the end of the day you know i love him and but he he's an old dog and you can't teach him new tricks and he wants to do it the way that he thinks it's supposed to be done like we joke about larry brown like play the right way this is Roy Williams' version of the right way. And in his mind today, his right way does not exist. And it cannot exist yeah. in the current environment. And there's no, there's no pivot to be made. There's no adjustment to be made. There is, it is what it is kind of thing. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. He seemed very dire and very sure of that. And I don't know if it's because... I yeah. I don't think yeah, it, it feels to me, like I I think Roy's being hard on himself. Exactly. In, in that sense because he could he could pivot and it's not as drastic as he thinks it is. I think it's just there's definitely change on the horizon. I yep. mean, for God's sakes, the Supreme Court is talking about the NCAA I know, I'm not even talking about the NIL stuff by the way. Like No, I'm that, not either. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm saying but like you you add that in it, it's not it's not any one thing. It's like you, you just take a step back. We're adding you in, you're like, adding in more factors. Yeah, every single the time. The winds of yep. change are blowing very strongly through college sports right now. We'll just yep. put it that way. And I don't think it's a case of like Roy is ill-equipped to make a pivot and and you know like say what you want about college basketball like this isn't the first time we've we're going through a change in college basketball and how things operate. Yep. Roy Williams has been around for decades 
uh, he's had to make pivots along the way. And, and he's had to placate shoe companies along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't a thing when he probably started coaching. You know what I mean? Yep. So, like, yep. there's always been AAU culture. That came up in the middle of his coaching career. Like, th- there have been things along the way that he's had to pivot. And so I don't think, even though he's painting this as, like, a, the game has passed me by, yeah. I don't know if I can – I think it's more of a case of like I I'm I just don't want to. Yeah, the, the, I think like the, ultimately I just don't want to make one more pivot. For sure. Um, and he he has is that's his prerogative, you know. Like I mean, hell, he's seven years old. Like I, it, it, it's it's weird how like the, Coach K and Bayheim and other old heads have have almost conditioned us to think that these guys are going to die on the sideline. But I don't know. For me, as a, as a neutral observer, like obviously you're sad about it, and Carolina fans should be, and I'm sad about it in the sense of like Roy is it's he, his 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 influence on college basketball goes beyond just Carolina. Um, but the one silver lining for me, uh, from my perspective, is that it is very very rare for coaches of any caliber at any level to call their shots when they want to hang it up for good. Yep. It is very very rare, and uh, for for Dean and Roy to both do that to have full autonomy, and in, in this case. Uh, you know, and in, in, in some ways, maybe Roy is, is is behaving such that this wasn't entirely his call. Like, it kind of feels like he's like, I had no other choice. I'm sort of, the game is forcing me out. Um, but it's not, you know. I think he's just like, I'm, I'm older. I don't want to make the pivot. And there's some beauty in that because I, I, I do think that, that that is something that's taken for granted, that every coach who is great, who is on, on track for a Hall of Fame career, believes that they will – call their shot when it's over yeah and more often than not that's not the case more often than not like it gets to a point where i mean i don't i don't i don't want to call out jim Beheim, but at the same time like there have been rumblings in syracuse for like syracuse is on the bubble every year and there are probably a lot of syracuse fans that like are like God, i don't know man can we and and you get like this weird situation of like is it time for this guy to go or should we i mean he is the legend should we keep him yeah. and that happens all the time and um I don't know. A lot of times, Hall of Fame guys, they, they, they either scandal sends them pack in, or you know, they, they get fired, or they get the like kind of what happened to Coach Mata at Ohio State, where you get the conversation where it's like, "Are you sure you still want to do this?" Yeah. He's like, "What are you What are you talking about?" And then like it's ultimately his decision, but also it's like he was fired, but also it's just a weird murky thing. So um, I don't know. In in that regard, there's there's some sort of beauty in it, but. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it didn't really feel like that's what he wanted. Just the way he was talking, it felt like if he could, if he could snap his fingers and make things change and keep coaching, that's really what he wanted more than anything. Yeah, I think you know um, he gave a bummer. Yeah, he gave his reason, which was you know he said he would hang it up when the health wasn't there. Right, that was the answer. But he said you know the only way that he would address it before that was if he did not think he was the right man for the job. And what does that mean? And I know he bl- he brought up all these basketball decisions. He brings up the Jones, the, the Trey Jones shot from the Duke game. Um, you know, he did at least get a dig in to say that they did go undefeated against Duke this year. I did like that. Um, you know, but the the, the 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 big thing for me was that I mean, in Dean's press conference was kind of like I mean, Dean's press conference was it's okay. Like that was pretty much his uh, demeanor. You know, like yeah. it's all right. I promise you, it's okay. Like I'm gonna be here. Um, and, and that, I wish it was more of that. Like, I wish, I wish Roy was making jokes like, you know, I'm not dead, you know, like I'm just retiring. But it felt like he died. Exactly. And that he, it it felt felt like he eulogized himself. And, uh, and that is why, that's what I mean by like, I want to give him a hug and I want him to like enjoy his life because I think that like, if he leaves here in this situation and takes it as a failure or takes it as like, 
he didn't do right by North. Like that's not even the question because look at this. I'll run through every single year. 2005, North Carolina was the best team in the country. They won the national championship. Illinois fans, I'm sorry, you got to hear this. 2008, North Carolina, not the best team in the country, but one of the best four teams in the country makes the final four. And then Roy plays his alma mater, a, a school that he has such a deep affinity for that he goes to the championship game and supports them when they win their first title since he left. Not his alma mater, but I mean, not his alma mater, but yeah, 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 his, yeah. obviously his right. alma mater. Right. Carolina but like right. the uh the, the the school that gave him his first opportunity a lot of coaches right. there's a lot right. there's a lot of pride there and in fact as a North Carolina fan do you think I enjoyed seeing him wear a can Kansas pendant yeah. no right. like right. that's that's horrible but regardless that team could have won a national championship 2009 is one of the greatest teams I will ever see in my lifetime and and mm. I have such a reverence for that team and what they were able to put together, especially given the fact that what happened to them in 2008 getting blown out by Kansas in the final four Roy Williams does that. 2010, one of those like terrible, tough years. You go to the NIT, all things go bad, all things go wrong. A lot of coaches with that kind of pride and level say, "I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, let's let's, you know, let's let's figure this out. Let's like complain. Let's blame everybody else." What does Roy Williams do? Brings in Kendall Marshall, brings in Harrison Barnes, brings in you know, makes John Henson after his freshman year gets him to kind of buy in, not as a small forward, but as like, "Hey, John, you're six eleven and have a seven five wingspan. You're a power forward." And that team, my my, you know, freshman year should have won a championship in my opinion. Kendall Marshall's wrist gets broken in the NCAA tournament. We don't have a backup point guard, so Stillman White plays. But regardless, that team was prepared to win a title in 2012. 2013, you get Marcus Page and those guys. 2014, we're having fun. 2015, they lose to Wisconsin, who goes on to beat Kentucky, who's undefeated. They lose to them in the Sweet 16. 2016, we all know the Chris Jenkins shot. 2017, you win a title. 2018, you're kind of just riding off a title. 2019, you have a number one seed. I think a lot of people forget this. Cameron Johnson mm -hmm. and Kobe White were a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it tournament. feels like 2017 was the last good team he had, for, in a lot of people's mind, like the way you would talk about it, just because that was the last Which is crazy, and I, and I've heard a lot of, I saw a lot of the quote-unquote hate today talking about Roy Williams and his lottery picks well um, I don't know if you heard this Titus but the seventh pick and the 11th pick were Kobe White and Cam Johnson who were both lottery picks who were both on the 2019 Carolina team who happened to lose to Auburn who if Kyle Guy doesn't hit three free throws probably goes on to win the national championship so mm -hmm. I'm not blaming Roy Williams for that let me just say that and, I, and 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 based on today Roy Williams blames himself for that loss and my, mm -hmm. that's my whole takeaway from this thing. I don't care what you think about Roy Williams uh, in general, about like you think he's overrated or whatever, but Roy Williams is is a a, a <laughs> he is everything that you want a coach to be, in my opinion, which is a teacher. Like yeah. you want a teacher who loves it, who wants the best for you as a human being. And if you don't understand that, then I will point you to a press conference from King Rice. Monmouth played at North Carolina a few years ago and King Rice after the game is doing a press conference and before he starts he literally you know it's about like me right now like about to choke up because he just says how blessed he is he's like I came into North Carolina a hard-headed kid that did not want to listen to any, anybody you know I'm I'm King Rice like I'm the shit like I, like you don't tell me what to do and this guy had you know Dean Smith Roy Williams like the Carolina family you know, help him mature into the man that he would become, which is one of my favorite people in the world, King Rice. And, you know, that's a name that I would throw out there. Like, that's the kind of person that I want to be at North Carolina. Like, that's why I love Wes Miller. That's why, you know, when, when names are being tossed out and things like that, it's like, 
there's a certain type of person that that has to take the North Carolina job. And, you know, we did the Brad Stevens emergency podcast, and a lot of people in America in the NBA circles looked at us, I think, as, you know, we're crazy to think that someone would leave the NBA to go to a college job. And I would just like to remind you, George Carl, in 2003, was going to leave the Milwaukee Bucks to take the North Carolina Wanted job. Wanted to, badly, yeah. W- yeah. Was literally calling the owners and was like, please let Begging me out of this contract. Yes. Dean Smith has yeah. called me, and I have to take this job. And it's the yeah. best job in the world. And it did not work out, and Roy Williams comes, and thank God he did. And I love George Carl. I love Coach Carl, too. But in general, that North Carolina job is different. The North Carolina job means something. Just like, in my opinion, the IU job is different. Just like the Kansas job is different. Just like the Kentucky job is different. Just like the UCLA job, I still think is different, regardless of how that last you know coaching search went. Right. And it worked out right. perfectly in the end. Those places have a different reverence. They have a different tradition. They are true bloods, blue bloods, whatever we joke about and call them. And so that's why the North Carolina job right now is scary because it can go so many different ways, Titus. But that's why what you just said is why so many people uh, assume it's going to stay in the family. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's not what Carolina fans want to hear, but that just seems to be – the way the way these things are working right now in part because of of what you just said that like you you find yourself maybe not so much with carolina but certainly indiana fans had to do this where they're you're trying to convince people that this job does matter and, and there are a bunch of people and um what what iu fans were going through when the job was open and ultimately mike woodson got it was like you're trying to convince people how important basketball is not just basketball but like this brand of basketball in the state of indiana and just the the idea of hoosier hysteria you're trying to convince this to a national audience and and the national audience is saying you're you're full of it you're delusional that doesn't actually exist and you reach a certain point where you're like all right to hell with that like who cares if everyone outside of this state thinks that we're like all that matters is within and so you kind of look within and ultimately land on mike woodson and i feel like north carolina is the same thing now north carolina has been obviously much more successful in the last 20 years than Indiana has. Uh, so that's not as hard of a sell to like get a, a guy outside of the family, quote unquote, to buy into Carolina culture. But there is, there is something to that. There, there's, there's a reverence that um, you feel for North Carolina that I don't. I'm, I am a diehard college basketball fan, have been my entire life. I've watched North Carolina basketball my entire life. I appreciate the, the – I walk into the Dean Dome and my jaw drops at all this stuff in the rafters. And at the end of the day, I'm not crying when Roy Williams retires <laughs> because I'm not from there. Because yeah, ultimately yeah. I'm like, I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good coach, and, and we're going to miss him in the college basketball community. But – all right, final four games on Saturday, and I move on with my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is something that you'll think about. You'll tell your kids about where you were. You're in Knightstown, Indiana, when you saw that Roy Williams retired. And to people that aren't from North Carolina, that is absolutely insane. They're like, why? Like, get a get a grip, man. Like, a dude retired. Who cares? Get over it. Yeah. And and you're like, and at a certain point, if you're from Carolina, you just you you shrug your shoulders. You're like, listen, man. If it's weird to you, I can't explain it. I don't yeah. know. You're not like you're just not going to get it. And I think that sort of sentiment, um, that vibe, and certainly Roy having a, playing a part in because uh, that's what they seem to say tonight. Bubba said during the press conference tonight that Roy's definitely going to be playing a, a large part in naming the successor. That um, it feels like all signs are pointing to someone within the family, right? Like that seems to be pretty much where it has to go. Yeah, I mean, fans want it to or not. Yeah, I think I think that's what. Um... Because, like, I mean, to go full circle in our conversation, when we started here, you asked me, you know, about the, 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 what I expected, the prediction, and the problem I thought was the staff. And, well, if you're looking yeah. at hiring inside the family, where are we looking, Titus? We're looking at that staff. So, 
you know, just to, to run through it. I mean, Steve Robinson is, you know, coach, been a head coach before at Florida State. Coach Rob is obviously clo- close with Coach Roy Williams. I don't think Coach Rob is the guy. I don't think he wants to be the guy, to be honest with you. And, in fact, if he did want to be the guy, he would be the guy because Bill Guthridge yeah. wanted to be the guy, and he was the guy. Um, you know, next up on that list, obviously, is Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis came from college game day. That was a big move when it happened. Um, everyone in the ESPN PTI world took that move as a, you know, I am basically go here to North Carolina to be the head coach in waiting. Yeah. And again, that all sounds great on paper. And, um, you know, when the move happened, that's what I thought, Titus. I mean, I did. And I, I assumed that would be the case. Now, since that move has happened, you know, I went to North Carolina. You know, I have been around the program. I have had friends that are managers and players on the team and, you know, know enough now to, you know, we'll we'll see what, what happens with, with their yeah. internal decision-making. But I will say this. If Roy Williams is fully stepping away from the program and not doing a Dean Smith where he has an office every day that he goes to in the basketball office and is, you know, around if if Roy's really going to remove himself um from the whole thing then that concerns me that worries yeah. me about hire, well, hiring internally I I guess I want to uh talk about that in terms of uh the difference between Dean and and you weren't necessarily old enough probably to remember or and, and if you were you weren't old enough to have like actual adult emotions when uh, whatever your emotions were at the time with yeah Dean. yeah Oh, retired. I remember watching it at my house on the TV, like yeah. the press conference, but that's pretty much the extent of it, yeah. But there seems to be a sentiment that is, like, now is more, um, you're more lost as a fan base. You're like, a, uh, like Roy stepping down. Uh, you, the writing was on the wall in the sense of he's 70 years old and, and not a great season last year, not a particularly great season this year. First, uh, first round loss in an NCAA tournament in the history of his career. Um, so, like, you, you saw that the end was near. You didn't think it would be this soon. And now that it's here, there does seem to be a sense of, like, oh, crap, what's next? That there maybe wasn't with Dean because there was Roy. Because, mm-hmm. like, when Dean left, you knew that there was always, like, another guy who and, – and even though Roy didn't take over right away, you had Guthridge, and you're like, you'll ride this out. And Guthridge was a little older when he took over, and you kind of knew there was a – expiration date on his tenure and bill bill guthridge is by by far the coolest dude ever by the way just chomped yeah. ice like was just chill as hell yeah. like would recruit tons dude, of kids. actually had like a, a nice little run oh like, man i mean years. like what do you go to two final four yeah in three years yeah or whatever it was, and then it was like all right out. i'm out it's incredible <laughs> um but i i think there was always like we have options yeah if you're carolina when dean and now it feels like the sentiment is Ah oh, shit, dude! Like, I guess we technically have options because we're Carolina and people, and it's one of the best coaching jobs you can have in the world. But if we're keeping this thing in the family, like, where are we going? Do we go to West Miller? Is he old enough? Is Hubert Davis have enough experience? Uh, is Jerry Stackhouse the guy? I mean, look at what he's been doing at Vanderbilt. Is that really? Yeah. Is that enough to take over at North Carolina? And there seems like a sense of like no one's ready yet, and, and the succession plan was not ready yet, which is I guess comes back to what you said. That's why this is such a surprise. Is that yeah. not? Yeah. There's not a guy that's built in. And I guess maybe that's what Kay's going through too at Duke. It's like he hasn't figured that out either. And he's like, I got to stick around until I do figure that yeah, out. Yeah. And, and look, right now, today, I don't think there's anyone that's probably as, I mean, not as upset, but like Coach K wants Roy to be there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need yin and yang. Like you need yep. the, the, the opposing force on the other side to keep you motivated to continue. And I think, you know, Coach K, I mean, the fact that Jim Beheim, 
came out today to basically, I think Jim Beheim read the writing on the wall in this Roy Williams press conference, and he said, you know, Walker Kessler transferring broke Roy in his mind. So he yeah, came yeah. out and made a statement that said, you know, basically, I don't, I don't know much, but I do know this. If Walker Kessler's transferring from North Carolina, if, that's that's not a good idea. Tell the, tell the listeners, like, just for, for context, like, yeah. who Walker Kessler is, why that matters, and, like, why. That, yeah, so, yeah, so Walker Kessler, yeah. we talked about on the show, I think, at some point. But Walker Kessler, five-star kid, comes in from Georgia, you know, is supposed to be, quote-unquote, a stretch five for North Carolina. Ends up becoming a bench to five behind Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott for most of the season. Has a few games against Florida State, the game against Florida State specifically, where he has like 20 points or so. That you see the flashes. I mean, you, I've been yelling at you all year how I wanted Sharp yeah, yeah. and Kessler <laughs> to, to start yes. over those two guys. And, you know, I understood that it was, look, it's not Roy's way. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Like, th- th- these are. There's a basketball decision, and then there is a a Roy Williams decision, and a Roy Roy Williams decision is Garrison Brooks is the starter, and that will not change. Which Roy Williams views as a life decision. Yes, it's like this is this is a long term. This you'll learn lessons along the way. Yes, and whether he's right or wrong, like I'm not, it's not for me to decide. But like in his mind, that's how he sees it. Is that this it, is a yeah. When people complain about Roy not calling timeouts, we went on part of my take today, uh, and you know, Big Cat's doing you know the classic, you know, what what, what are we gonna do with those timeouts, Tate? And like, the reason he didn't call timeouts is because he wanted the kids to learn. Like he wanted them yeah. to feel that, like to adjust on the fly, to feel what it feels like to have a team going better to, 12-0 to fail. Runs. Fail now in February against Boston College. Yep. So that way in March against Michigan State. When you get when they go on a twelve zero yeah, run, yeah. you're not looking around like, oh crap. Right. You're saying, hey, right. we did this before. We've come back before, and that's teaching. That's coaching to me. So like these yeah. are all little nuances that are like specifically, you know, to a Dean Smith or to a Roy Williams, and in general, that whole. You know, like I mentioned, Jim Beheim and Coach K and Walker Kessler in general, just to say that those guys are all of the same ilk. And I think that when they saw Roy leave today, they're probably just as shocked because they kind of feel like there's a little bit of a uh, a pact between them all to be to be here, to be the old heads of the ACC, to be the face of the ACC, to kind of and Roy's one of their guys. And you know, right right now when you lose that at North Carolina, North Carolina is important to college basketball. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be yeah. honest about it. Like, ESPN needs Carolina to be good. They need to be able to say North Carolina-Duke rivalry, the score is this, and it's exactly the same amount the last 100 meetings. And they need to know that they're going to have top five, top flight players that are going to be at North Carolina and Duke. So that whole thing, too, like adds in another layer of this where North Carolina is almost – like, you're making a hire for yourself. You're making a hire for college yeah. basketball at large, and you're making a, a hire that signifies what you said, what the picture of the future looks like, because we know what the picture is and what it has been, which is excellence between Frank McGuire, Dean Smith, Roy Williams. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, w- one of the things that Dean and, and Roy certainly had in common, as you said, was uh, the, 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 co- the, the mentor, the father-type figure, the educator, the... Yeah. Um, I take I take boys and I turn them into men and I you know Dean Smith the famous example of Dean Smith just giving in his will he gives all of his former players money yeah uh, and he's just like you are my children so to speak and um and Roy had that too and like that that was obviously uh, a, a big deal so uh, I guess like using Indiana as a, as an example because Bob Knight um for you know he, he seems like a guy that had no values whatsoever to the outside world but he was a man of of certain principles and whether you agreed with him or not he had he had his principles and one of them was he he was very um 
he he followed NCAA rules. In fact, he followed all laws. Like mm-hmm. he was a very he was a very law abiding guy. Like yes. that was one thing he stood by. Was like if you if you got caught with pot, he's kicking your ass off the team. Mm-hmm. If he finds it, he 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 played no favorites. He uh, NCAA rules were broken. He's kicking your ass off the team. He's ratting out. He's, he's firing his like whatever he he just he had a zero tolerance policy. Yeah, this is um, a man that said John Wooden was a cheater. So you gotta- <laughs> yeah, he called John Wooden a cheater, uh, and he hated John Calipari when he was at ESPN. He could not do Kentucky games because he couldn't. He would just spend the whole John time Calipari. going after him. Yeah, right. Um, which yeah, funny enough, Bob Knight had a zero tolerance policy, which ultimately was a zero tolerance policy that did him in. But uh, anyway, um, so the, my point is is that like that was beaten into Indiana fans' head forever. And that's part of the reason they hate Kentucky because Kentucky has, I mean, they've been caught for, for NCAA violations th- forever. That's like a, that's yeah, a tale as old as time is, yep. is violations at Kentucky. And then Cal takes over and given his past, Indiana fans were like, now hang on. So, you know, so like that, that was like a virtue. It was almost like better to lose and follow the rules than to win and cheat to yep. Indiana people. Right. Yep. So I'm using that as an example to say that like then when Kelvin Sampson, which now, uh, you know, now that Kelvin Sampson's in the final four, people want to like relitigate, that situation and be like that was that really that big of a deal and for a lot of indiana fans it's like yeah it was like i don't care that he was only making a few extra phone calls there were rules he broke the rules get his ass out of here yeah like that's not what we stand for mm-hmm. we'll never stand for it and and like that was that was a virtue that indiana fans carry with them from the bob knight era so uh that's my long-winded way of saying do you feel like that is something like if if you hire a coach who wins a lot of basketball games like I guess winning cures everything, but like, do do you is is that a fear with it? Do you feel within the North Carolina community that like, yeah, maybe our next guy is going to win a lot of games, or maybe we could get it? But but is it going to be a guy who understands the community? Is it going to be a guy who coaches the kids and raises the? And is there a fear that like where where college basketball is headed that maybe there's just not a place for guys like that anymore? Maybe yeah, that's I, not what the head coach role is anymore. I, I think that's my you biggest know? fear is that that doesn't exist anymore. I, you know, and and I say that, then I sound like Roy Williams. You know what I mean? It sounds very morbid and sad, but like that's that's unfortunately what it has turned into. And I think that's what yeah. I mean. It's it's. I mean, I'll bring it back. Everett Case. You know, I've been talking about Everett Case with your dad all day, and, and yeah, Everett yeah. Case is like the Hoosier that brought basketball to Tobacco Road, and you know. Everett Case had this tournament called the Dixie Classic, which, you know, we can get in terms of, like, why it was called that. But, like, regardless, there was this huge tournament in the South called the Dixie Classic. Big O played in it, Oscar Robertson. Like, it was always mm-hmm. a huge tournament. But it got too big. There was too much money, and Case shut it down because he said it got too big. Like, the, there's too much money coming in. The the players are getting tam- – refs are getting paid off. Like, this is too mm-hmm. big. This is taking the purity away from basketball. A.K.A. get it out of my face. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that – purity it's it's you know not to say that it hasn't been lost long before the the the, the current times today but like yeah you know there there is like a a level of i don't know what a teacher looks like today because all i know is that every kid that's coming in that's a five star expects to go one and done so like what is he there really to be taught i mean nothing he's there to basically you know spend eight months on campus yeah be the man and then and then go on and move on with his life and then hopefully best case scenario it's a zion williamson situation or a kobe white situation where those guys are you know love the program and want to come back and want to be around and you mentioned an outsider look the first thing when this news broke you know my first reaction was hubert davis is going to be the head coach you know yeah that that's that's the reality of the situation my second reaction was 
I hope, and I still think it's going to happen. Bubba kind of said it tonight, which is basically Roy's going to be a part of the process, but also he has an affinity for finding head coaches and, you know, and making that splash of a hire. He's an AD that is, you know, desired around the country. He almost took the Florida job a couple years ago. So Bubba has his own pride and ego involved. There's a new chancellor that just came in, so not someone you're familiar with, you know, that's been around North Carolina. And now the only guy who really gets the Carolina way that's around is Roy Williams, and now he's obviously stepping down. So you have this weird space. The best, the best thing that they do have working in their favor is that Mac Brown is the head coach of the football team. Mm-hmm. Now, Mac Brown knows Carolina culture. Mac Brown knows the Carolina way. And Mac Brown, despite his age, has been able to pivot and adjust and speak to kids like they're humans and speak to them like, hey, it's going to it's gonna take a while, but I promise you, look at Dre Bly over there. I can get you to Dre Bly. Look at Julius Peppers mm-hmm. over there. I can get you to Julius Peppers. You know what I mean? I look at Lawrence Taylor. Like, I can get you to Lawrence Taylor, but maybe not that high. You know what I mean? Like, let's, yeah. let's let, like, tone it back, like, a little bit, you know? But also, in a much more real sense, no one will ever be Lawrence Taylor. True. But True. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> and, like, so Mac Brown being there is good, but uh, I – Mark Few is the name that I, you know, I know him and Royer close. I love the way that Mark Few has adjusted to college basketball, which is basically to say I play FIBA basketball in college. Right. Um, I think that that USA connection is very important. You know what I mean? And I think that like having USA basketball tied to North Carolina again would be really important. Um, so Mark Few is kind of like my – the only coach you call is Mark Few in college. The only that's coach your, you call in Mark Few that, is Mark Few. That's your Brad Stevens? That, that, that Mark, Mark Few is like – because you don't want a situation where it's like, you know, you're calling around, you're, you're Billy Donovan said no, this Calipari said yeah, no, yeah. you know, whatever. Chris Mack says, you don't want a situation like that. You want a situation where you called one guy, you said, hey, I just want you to know that if you are interested in Carolina, we would love to have the conversation. And if not, you know, good luck yeah. in the national championship game, coach. And I think yeah. Mark Few... I don't see why he doesn't at least take the phone call. And then from there, you see what that phone call looks like. And then the next step for me, in my opinion, is you, Hubert or Wes Miller, I would love for it to be Wes Miller. I think there's no chance it's Wes Miller. I would love for it to be Wes Miller. And I hope he gets a shot to interview and gets a fair shake. But if it's going to be Hubert, and I suspect it will be Hubert, I should say that, then the next play is... Who is our Martelli? Who is who is our who is our head coach, but not our head coach? Like who is the right. one running our program, making basketball decisions, getting things in line? It's Roy ha- Williams. Who is Roy Williams? Right? <laughs> Seriously, you know, it's gonna be. It's gonna be yeah, Roy, yeah, Roy comes back. I, I, I mean, it, look if Roy Williams gets if Roy Williams keeps an office like Dean Smith, then then I'm totally fine. But if not, then yeah. Hubert Davis. The first call is to one of my favorite people in the world. The first one and done in basketball ever, Bob McAdoo. I think mm-hmm. you call Bob McAdoo. I think you say, hey, the, the PR machine loves heat culture. And there's nobody that's more heat culture than Bob McAdoo. And you, he's in charge of player development with the heat. You know, he's worked with guys like Duncan Robinson, friend of the program. Uh, you know, he's been the, the, what people think Patrick Ewing was as far as a big man that got kind of shoehorned into a role, that's Bob McAdoo. The guy should have had more opportunities to coach in the NBA but hasn't gotten them because he's a black man. You know, let's be mm-hmm. honest about it. So let's hope that 
if Hubert's able to do this, first, Hubert will be the black, first black head coach in North Carolina, which is something that Dean Smith wanted Phil Ford to be. So one, Roy Williams, it, it, if this man wants to check the box for I am Dean Smith and I do what Dean does, yeah, pretty good box to That's, check in my opinion, um, right. especially in a state like North Carolina that is you know so pivotal to you know justice, to be honest with you. Like Dean Smith was arguing against the death penalty in North Carolina. That's the type of man he was, you know? Yeah. That's the kind of human he was. And this is a guy who, you know, got Charlie Scott to come to church with him, an all-white church, you know? That's, this, is what he, this is what he was about. So, like, if you make the move for Hubert and you make that, you know, decision for the future, and Hubert brings in a guy like a Bob McAdoo and maybe a Rasheed Wallace and bolsters a staff, and you got guys that are, you know, you talk about pedigree. If you got Sean May, Bob McAdoo, Rasheed Wallace, and Hubert Davis coming in your house, it's a pretty good staff. Like, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I don't really, look, I'm not saying, I don't know what Hubert looks like as the head coach. I did watch JV games. I know guys that were on the JV team. I didn't get, you know, glowing reviews by any means as far as like a coach. But Hubert as a man is a great man. And yeah. Hubert as, you know, a, a human, great human. And, uh, you know, as a family man, great family man. So, like, if we're going to do Hubert Davis, if Carolina's going to pick Hubert Davis, if Roy Williams is going to pick Hubert Davis, kudos. But just know we got to get a staff, and we got to have a great staff, and we got to have yeah. a Carolina basketball staff that is scary, right? Like, I just I listed all those people. I'm scared thinking about those guys recruiting if I'm, if I'm Coach K. Like, I'm scared of Bob McAdoo going and saying, you want to know what a one-and-done is? Bitch, it didn't even exist when I played basketball. You know? Like, that was never even heard of. And, like, that, Rasheed Wallace, are you kidding me? Ball don't lie. Both teams played hard after every game. I mean, <laughs> the, that is the kind of move that I would like to see, a, a big shift in who you are as a staff, who you are as a program. And it also sends a message to, to, to people around King Rice could be a head coach candidate, right? If you, if, if we want to make this type of move, but, um, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I think it's going to be Hubert. I think that if, if, I do too. if and when that happens, too, yeah. um, I just hope that the next domino is like, this person is coming to join his staff. It, yeah. I, I will say one name that I did not throw out in that list and someone I should throw out. Cause I, I know him, Larry Brown. Um, Larry Brown is uh, currently in negotiations with IU, I, I presume. That was the last I heard. But I will say, Larry probably watched that press conference today. Larry is 80 years old, and Larry has learned a lot in his life. And I love Coach Brown. You know this, Titus. He's mm -hmm. the best to me. I, I love him as a basketball guy. So I would love to see maybe a rekindling of, of a Larry Brown as a Phil Martelli with Hubert Davis, um, you know, or even a Wes Miller and Larry Brown. Um, but like you said, if Roy Williams is around, maybe he's Larry Brown and he's and he's assisting the program like Thad Mata is going to do at IU. I don't know. Yeah, do you do you do you anticipate that? Do we think Roy will? He has to, right? Like what else? I mean, I get you want to retire and step away, and I guess that's the point I was making earlier about how guys never, uh, never, almost never leave on their own terms because ultimately, what happens with with, with great coaches is that drive that makes you such a great coach makes you unwilling to like say enough is enough and yeah. it makes you like most most guys are like i need one more and i yeah. always need and then you're like i'm not retiring until i win one more and then you win one more and you're like damn this feels pretty good i want to win another now and they never stop and then ultimately it's a bob knight situation or it's a you know a, a 
you just become so old that, that it's like, all right, we, we got to fire you. Or like, we have an uncomfortable conversation. It's a, like Bobby Bowden, that happened to him, right? Like it just yeah. kind of became like uncomfortable for Florida State. And they're like, oh, what do we do here? Um, so I guess like if Roy had if Roy had it within him to like step back and be like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, then maybe he, he really is like just done. And like yeah. that's it. And like I, I mean, I can't imagine watching North Carolina games next season and the season after whatever – in the, in the foreseeable future and not seeing Roy Williams in the crowd, right? Like, he's surely going to come to the games and, like, just be Roy and just be around and be an ambassador for the university and uh, all that sort of stuff, right? Like, I can't imagine he's just yeah, I mean, disappear now. I, I think that Roy Williams has a lot of friends that aren't just Carolina basketball people, um, which not to say that he won't be around Carolina basketball, but I don't think it's going to be a Dean Smith situation. And, and look, I would love to be wrong about that, by the way. I, I would love if Roy says, I want to still have an office. I still want to come in. I still want to contribute. But I do think that this is kind of uh, a farewell of sorts. And, you know, yeah. as we were, as you just brought that up, like what's next? <laughs> Weirdly enough, remember when we were in Asheville this year and we talked to Coach Williams and he was talking to Dave Odom and he was, and he was like, I Whoa, want your job. yeah. He was so Dave. For people that Dude. don't know, Dave Odom he used to coach at Wake Forest. Coach Tim Duncan. He uh, is the. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. He's, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No. 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 But yeah, that, that, I forgot about that. It just kind of hit me. Roy Williams was sitting there while we're, we're all kind of just like chopping it up. Coach Odom's talking to us. Roy's right behind us, and uh, you know, Roy kind of just like you know makes this passive comment and says, "I want to get your job, Coach. You know, how do I get that job?" And you know, Dave Odom runs the Maui Invitational. Roy Williams loves the Maui Invitational. Um, I'm not saying Dave Odom's going to give up his job and give it to Roy Williams, but, uh, you know, maybe there's some sort of, um, like role like that for Roy where he can like be involved in a tournament or be involved in college basketball or basketball in general in some way that's not tied to Kansas or Carolina. Like, I think he loves basketball and I think he wants to just enjoy himself. I think he wants to play golf and gamble and talk some shit and like, you know, like just have fun, man. It's not fun. He's not having fun. But, but. So I guess for for me, what I'm scared is like I've seen the last of Roy Williams. Yeah, I think like, I, I think you I may have. I think you may have. I'm not a Carolina guy, so I'm not like plugged into that community, and I'm not. Uh, and and is that and, and for a guy that that is from the Midwest and lives in L.A. now, but still loves college basketball, is that is that it? Am I is, am I not going to see Roy pop up on my TV and during March Madness and do an interview here and there at least? Am I not going to see him at Carolina games waving to the crowd when they introduce him as a let you know? Please put your hands together at the Carolina Duke game in the Dean Dome, and they're like, "Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Roy Williams," and he just stands up and waves. Like, you're, is that really what? Is that it? I saw him today. That, that's it. <laughs> no, I, I, I think honestly, you're you made a great point. I think for the Duke game next year at the Dean Dome, they'll they'll probably bring him out, and they'll probably you know honor Roy Williams Court again. And that's the other part of this, and why I think it's Hubert is because the only way that you keep Roy around is to keep his staff around. You know, yeah. and, and as yeah. and you can you can bolster the staff, like I said, add a Rashid, add you know one of these guys, Larry Brown, Bob McAdoo, whoever it is, add someone like that, um, and let Roy let like because Hubert recruited a lot of the kids on the team right now, guys like Armando Baycott and Caleb Love, you know, that are staying. So if if that's who we're running it back with, I think that Roy comes back for the Duke game, does the whole like all shucks. You know, probably is in a more better mood than he was today. We probably play like a highlight reel that's like unbelievable from like oh five, yeah. like showing Melvin Scott with the belt that said Final Four as he walks off the bus in St. Louis, and 
you know, just like the good times. And I think that's the, the saddest part of it all is that I, uh, I don't want anyone to remember Roy Williams like what they saw today. Like I want people yeah, to remember yeah, Roy Williams yeah. shimmying into the locker room. I remember. Dude, you show me, yeah, yeah, you you were showing me those videos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we were we were together like all day, going driving around, and, and you're in the car, uh, just just like pulling up old videos of Roy dancing in the locker room and stuff. And it made me like almost emotional. I was like, man, it, the dude's so fun. He's so yeah. And, and he and he and, and videos of him coming around the corner, and he's got like a new blazer yeah. on with like new pair of Jordans, <laughs> and then like all the guys are going nuts, and you know. Uh, I, I, that's what I mean. Like, is that it? We're not going to see stuff like that anymore. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, that sucks. Cause you think of a coach as, I guess that that's the ultimate point. Like we, we wax poetic about college basketball all the time and how much we love college basketball and uh, just, you know, highlighting it because uh, <laughs> there is a, a rift in basketball media where NBA people are, are very frankly arrogant about their whole situation and yep. think that you're brain dead if you like college basketball. So you and I like take that personally and we fight against it. Um, but that's the sort of stuff that we we that you get out of college basketball coaches is that when you think of a coach, most people just think of the guy who's pulling the strings and like you're like yeah sure I'm gonna miss Greg Popovich but like what I'm really gonna miss is like disciplined Spurs teams yeah you know like when Greg Popovich retires and like how how you know like is that really that big of a deal and and what and you start like going through your head and you're like I what I really miss is Tim Duncan honestly. I was gonna I say I think Greg Popovich is like I don't even miss me I miss Tim yeah yeah <laughs> and so like that that to me and 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 you could do the same for a lot of college coaches too and you're like do I really miss? and but the point is is like every so often the led the legendary coaches you do miss it's not just like what I'm gonna miss about Roy Williams is obviously yes his on-court product that he, he, the, the, the secondary fast breaks and the, the Carolina style of basketball, um, which is legendary and, and is, and is unmistakable. And, 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 and it's so distinct that if you see a final score where North Carolina had 57 points, you're like taken aback. You're like, did oh they play God. Wisconsin? Yeah. Or like Virginia? what the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you kind of like, you, yeah. you know, you, you know, Carolina basketball so well that, you know, when to uh, when you're looking at a box score, which numbers to look at? Yep. You know to look at rebounds. You know to look at assists because that you know to look at fast break point. You know mm-hmm. just like where to go, and that'll tell you how well Roy there's a formula. Coach that team. Yeah. yeah, right. But what you don't always think about is all this other stuff, which you're talking about a lot tonight. His role within the community, his role as a teacher and educator, and honestly, him just being fresh as shit coming around the corner and fresh Jordans and like yeah. and dabbing and, and 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 like all that stuff is what makes college basketball so awesome because you can't replicate that. You can't replicate a 70 year old man wearing fresh Jordans to every single game, and yeah. like that resonates with his 19 year old players. And they have this bond for that season that will last a lifetime. And a guy like Cole Anthony, who played in one of the worst seasons of ever. North Carolina basketball history, is like, for, well, forever and ever, the rest of his life. Yeah, shout out to Cole Anthony, season. man. I will say, like, uh, there could not have been a worse run for him in North Carolina. He has every reason yeah. to be spiteful against North Carolina. And meanwhile, I think he might be one of the loudest cheerleaders around for North Carolina. Yeah. So, I mean... And, and, and that's because yeah. and that's probably that, that's because of Roy. And I mean, like the the bond you form is is yeah, like like Cole Anthony will will fondly remember, frankly, what was like a disastrous time, yeah, like on the, for in terms of wins and losses. Yeah, just he, listen to Roy Williams today talk about it. Yeah, yeah, but he seems to like Cole Anthony seems to be a type of guy that's like, man, I I love my time at Carolina. I love Roy Williams. I love everything about it. And I don't know that that's the kind of stuff that that keeps bringing you and I back to this sport. And uh, I don't know, man. Like so, like that. That sucks because, like, I feel like even you, 
not that I'm going to miss him more. Obviously, you're going to miss him more. But, like, I started – now that I'm talking, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, because I'm not plugged into Carolina. So, like, mm-hmm. you're going to go back home, and I'm sure you're going to, like, hear stories about what Roy's up to and talk to people, and, and people will keep an eye on him. My people aren't keeping an eye on Roy. That might have been <laughs> yeah. the last I saw of him, Tate. That yeah. might have been it. What I saw him today crying, and, and that was it. Here you I go. Roy, Roy, Roy Williams is the new Thad Mata. You know what I mean? He's going to go yeah. just set up shop and, and hopefully live his best version of his life. I mean, Roy Williams has a lot of hobbies outside of basketball. I think ba- basketball is his passion. I think teaching yeah. is right up there with his passions. And, uh, I mean, you said it, dude. I mean, I hope that I can share videos. I hope that he is more. I hope that I am not being too negative about what he's going to do but i mean just what i heard today says he needs a break no it's a, yeah yeah maybe it, may, it might have been just like i don't know what i'm going to do next i just know it does, i don't want it to be this yeah yeah and i'll figure out what's next next but right now i just kind of want to step away and and go golfing or something As so uh let's wrap it up with yeah. this like what what is it that um that people yeah like if if you're 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 the Roy Williams mouthpiece now and you're the you're the PR guy for Roy Williams and you're uh you know I, I don't want to go I don't want to eulogize a guy I guess because yeah it, it does feel a little weird like the vibe with it all but um you know as, as someone who's watched him and and obviously he means more to you than just wins and losses and and all that kind of stuff like what is what is something you want people to take away what is something that yeah a guy like me who who loves college basketball but maybe didn't cry today what is something you want me to understand as to why you cried because Roy Williams represents I think you know the the version of the basketball dream if you're not you know a top flight player going to the NBA right and that's sort of what my life turned into there was a certain you know maybe seventh eighth grade you know I'm playing school ball I know I'm good I win coaches award but I didn't win MVP So, like, Mm -hmm. there was a time where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a basketball player, you know? I'm not going to be a baseball player like I thought because, like, I just was burnt out from baseball, tired of traveling around all the time. It was like, and, you know, ninth grade, my dad was a coach. I was like, maybe I'll be a coach. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, like, there was, like, a moment in time. I understand where where it's coming from at some level. And then Roy Williams, the fact that this guy was a high school coach and embodied everything about teaching the game of basketball and dealing with people and then – was an assistant for free for Dean Smith, selling basketball calendars, driving around the state of North Carolina. That's how he made his salary for the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, while he was selling calendars, he found a kid by the name of Mike Jordan uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. And Mike Jordan's dad built a stove in Roy Williams' house. The first time I've ever heard of a story of a player's dad doing something illegal in favor of the coach. Roy Williams told him he couldn't <laughs> take the stove. Michael Jordan's dad said, if you don't take the stove, literally, you're going you're gonna to piss me off. <laughs> and so Roy Williams took the wood stove, the only Jordan stove Roy said that ever existed, Mike Jordan's dad made for him. And, you know, stories like that is, is obviously like I'm trying to give you a, a moment to encapsulate who Roy Williams is. And what Roy Williams represents to me is like a good down-home guy who's, like, really about it, really about what he says he's about. And principles, morals, values, um, family, all those things that, like, mean something legitimately. And uh, And still do to to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And um, so to be able to take those values that are human values and then to be able to put them on display on a basketball court – and get kids who come from different backgrounds, who come from different places, to all get into space 
and get to a position on the court, a role, whatever they found. They found a home. They found a family. They found a place where they could be uniquely themselves, like King Rice, who I mentioned before. And Roy Williams supplied that. and didn't just supply it at Carolina. I'm, I'm biased. I saw 18 great years. But guess what? Kansas fans right now are sitting around and saying – you only you you wish you knew the real story. You wish you knew yeah, what Roy Williams yeah. was doing. When he was young and he first came to Kansas and he had everything to prove. And people said he didn't deserve the job and yada yada yada. Like Roy Williams gets dismissed because he coached at Kansas and Carolina. And I just want to say that is a major glaring oversight for anyone who knows what's up because Roy Williams is different. He is one of one. We will never see another coach be able to jump from a Kentucky to a Kansas or a Kansas to a Carolina or a Carolina to a Duke or a Carolina to a UCLA. There's pretty much Larry Brown and Roy Williams. Those are the only type of people that could do something like that because, one, Larry Brown's a basketball genius, so he got away with it. And, two, Roy Williams is a genius at life and humans Mm -hmm. and people and relationships. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot. And Dean Smith was the ultimate genius, like you said, the blueprint of it all. But the fact that Roy Williams was able to replicate it and replicate it, replicate it genuinely when everyone knew he was trying to replicate it and still be able to pull it off. I mean, that says a lot. That says a lot to me. And uh, that's what I'll yeah. remember. Yeah. It's like it's like if Kobe, uh, who who stole everything from Jordan, basically, yeah, but like was, was unabashed about it, but then uh, became better than Jordan. That, that's like kind of what it was. It's like you knew, like I see what you're doing here, dude. Yeah, but also like you've somehow become better. So I can't it's like really if Kobe won seven titles, you know, and it's all yeah, we're, Kobe, we're all like, yeah, I guess like, he is the best. You know what I mean? I like guess I, he is, even though you just followed the exact same blueprint, um, at the same time you did do it. But think about good. how hard that blueprint um, was, man, because it it takes it takes character to be that. And like, yeah, there's the, the biggest thing we hear in college basketball is a bunch of used car salesmen. And to be honest with you, Titus, there are, and there are too there many, are, man. there, there are way too many. Them. And there that's what, that's what makes me sad been, because yeah. I want to get that world out of here. And I hope that an NIL situation, Hey, maybe it does, maybe it does help in some way, yeah. but in general, we need better teachers. We need better coaches. We need better people to be around college basketball players. That's my final. Yeah, because note. we do, we do ourselves no favor as a, favors as a sport. Like I mean, it's it's, you know, it's 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 not a it's not a great the, the college bas college basketball does not have a great PR team. We'll put it that way. Just in general, not at all, <laughs> not at all. And uh, and a guy like Roy Williams is great PR for for the sport, and and that's what sucks, and that's why it's so devastating to to lose a guy like that beyond. Uh, just you know the magnitude of wins and losses and all that it's just a it, it is a bygone era of of guys who just want to teach and that's not to say he's not motivated by wins but uh he's not motivated by money but at the same time i mean he forfeited how much salary and gave so much to the university and all yep. that so i don't know it's just it, it, it's an uphill battle like trying to convince people that that um these virtues still exist in some small pockets of college basketball and that you can still like believe in guys doing things the quote-unquote right way and all that kind of stuff and um yeah so i mean that that's what's a bummer to me and uh yeah and and i'm gonna defend you by the way because i I can feel just like through us talking um people are probably rolling their eyes talking about like want to bring up the weinstein report and i don't want to put you on the spot and make you do it so i'll just uh, address it as someone who read every single word of that thing go read it if you haven't read it and you want to like throw shots at roy about it go read the damn report because 
uh, that guy comes off swimmingly in it. Yeah. That guy comes. That guy steps in. He takes over for North Carolina, and he looks at he looks at the classes, and he says, "Nope." Like th- this is all documented, and he yeah. looks at all the classes. He's like, "Why the hell do most of our guys take these AFAM classes?" And someone tells him, "Like, well, those are those are." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. Fix that. Like, I don't want all these guys taking that same. Like, that doesn't. He didn't know they were cheating. He didn't know, whatever. He like that. That's documented proof. Like that whole report. There's documented proof that Roy Williams saw that there was an inordinate amount of guys, yeah. basketball players, taking this one class, and he was like. Th- that I don't like that. That doesn't. I want my guys to be better men. Like that's not going to help them in life that they just yeah. take the easiest class. Yeah. And so get that out of my face. And I'm saying that as a guy that has no. I don't care. Like you know, you know me, Tate. If, if I felt Roy cheated, I would say everything I just said, and then I'd cap this podcast off with like, yeah, and he's a cheating son of a bitch. Yeah. I love that about you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't care. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I wanted to bring that up because I don't I don't want to put you in a position where you have to be a homer and defend him for that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, also like those know, same those same people calling out those AFAM classes are probably the same people that would argue that you need to learn about African American history. And the only reason yeah, yeah, that yeah, that yeah, department right, right. was created was because George Lynch won the national championship in 1993 and basically said you know black power and I want and I want to know the, the black American story and they created yeah. an entire department that was about that and. And if you want to poke holes at that, be my guest in today's world. Yeah, go for it. And, yeah. uh, and from the other side of it, that's how I knew, Titus, that none of those people read the Weinstein Report. Because when no, I read yeah, it, yeah. I called my brother and said, dude, this is so great for Roy. That's literally what I said. Yeah, I said, this yeah, is yeah, so I, great I for Roy. I read it, and I was like, because I, I remember when it, when it came out, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be great. I was yeah. like, I'm going to kill tape for this. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm like, this is going to be such good material. And then I read it, and I was like, what? I was like, that, Roy... Am I mistaken, or did Roy like tell guys not to take these classes? Yeah. That seems a little weird. Yeah, um, that's, that's it. Strange. Almost felt uh, like it was like you're like, are we sure? Is are we sure this is the report? Like where where yeah, where yeah. Is like, the, where's the other where's the all yeah where are the other papers stuff? that these people are reading and they're tweeting death penalty at me? Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Anyway. look, I don't care to defend um, that other than to say no. I know, yeah. I, I know you don't, so I didn't. No, want to I appreciate I, I appreciate I you bringing it up. You're right. We got to get ahead of the haters. Get ahead of the haters. Uh, is there anything else we got to say? Is 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 that all on Roy? I mean, uh, we could we could go for hours, I know, but um, yeah, I don't want to. No, I, I want to belabor. I don't want to eulogize him, as we said, but also I want to pay the respects he's he's deserved. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll I'll say this: my my top five coaches all time, you know, John Wooden, Bob mm-hmm. Knight. Mm-hmm. You know, those those guys have to be in there. I understand a lot of people hear that and they're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. John Wooden would hate that you put Bob Knight in there, and Bob Knight would hate that you put John Wooden yeah. in there. <laughs> Look, number three for me, Dean Smith. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna be ahead of 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 Roy just because of the like you like we've talked about, but like that's just my personal opinion. It's okay. I worked on a documentary about Dean Smith. I learned a lot about him and I know how great of a man he is. So like I'm just uh, I have an affinity for him. So he's number three for me. He's also the winningest coach when he hung it up. So number three, yeah. number four is Coach K, obviously the most winning winningest coach right now in college basketball. No denying Coach K and what he's been able to do. And number five is Roy Williams. And that's my top five coaches of all time. I don't know if it'll ever change, Titus. I, I would love for there to be a coach that comes up and changes my mind, but I don't see it, <laughs> to be honest with you. And yeah. uh, the fact that Roy Williams is in that top five, in my mind, um, man, that that's pretty impressive because there there was nobody that thought that, I promise you, when he went to Kansas. And if you go back and, and read some of the papers that came out about that hire – there was a lot of people that did not believe in Roy Williams, and he proved a lot of haters and a lot of doubters wrong. 
Over 33 seasons, this man averaged, averaged mm. more than 27 wins per season. Over 33 seasons, he averaged 27 wins in a season. Is 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 stunned is like in one season is is cause for for popping champagne yeah. for virtually every coach that coaches in college basketball. They would talk about that. That that would be the bullet point on their resume. They'd be speaking at coaching clinics. They'd be like, "Yeah, in 1994, I won 27 games yep. as a head coach." At, Pete Gillen is like, at, "I won 27 games this yes. one year at Providence." Yes, at Pro- yeah, I won 27 games. And they're yep. like, "Wow, oh my god, you're, mm-hmm. you must be a hell of a coach if you can pull that off." Roy Williams averaged that more than that. He averaged a little over 27 wins for 33 seasons, and that is factoring in his abysmal season two years or last season, and this year it wasn't great. You know, like. It's unbelievable. It's 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 you can't say enough about his his legacy, his impact on the sport, and uh, and and, and let's be honest, like he made fi- he made four Final Fours with Kansas and should have won in two thousand three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there there's like he could have more. Like he did more. He could have won more at Carolina, and mm-hmm. that's just how the ball bounces. And that's just like mm-hmm. what he said today when he made, when he mentioned the Dean Smith thing. He's like with Dean for some reason those shots didn't go in, but with me they're going in, and now it's time for me to get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well uh roy we love you come on the show come, come on the up. show the third co-host yeah t- yeah yeah we need you, you. i need you i need someone to console me Roy. Yeah. please i don't i don't want roy to be out of my life forever so uh i need you i, need I you do think if we go to vegas uh, uh at the right time we we'll be able to yeah, find we'll, him yeah we'll just turn like it'll just he'll bro, be at the craps table used to, coach Motti used to tell me that all the time man like when he was uh when, when he was going through it like towards the end there and he could feel the heat from uh you know the fans, the boosters, the the media, all that kind of stuff, and uh, his health wasn't great. He used to like he used to pull me aside and just be like, "Mark, one of these days, you're gonna be on vacation in in Cancun, and you're just gonna be walking on the beach. Maybe you'll have a woman with you. You're holding hands with her, and you're just walking. And all, off in the distance, on the shore, you'll see a man with a long beard, just working on a boat. Mm. And I was like, hey, Coach, is this Shawshank Redemption? He's like, Shut up, Mark. <laughs> Coach, I've seen the movie. <laughs> I was like, Coach, I get it. You can stop now. He's like, No, no, no. You're like, you're gonna, you're gonna just get closer and be like, Thad, is that him? And it's gonna be me. And I'm gonna, and I'm, you're gonna walk up to me. And you're gonna be like, Coach, is that you? And I'm gonna wink at you and say, Nope, it's not me. And I'm gonna ask you to keep walking. And that's gonna be, you know, Love and it. Uh, that's that that that's you know, if if that's what Roy has, then that would be nice. And I just hope that I see him again. I hope that I'm walking on the beach and I just see Roy and I can. He's not gonna wink at me. He doesn't know me. No, but, you you know what? I, I just want to see him. Yeah. I just like I don't want that I, to be the last thing I see from Roy Williams. I, like crying I see it his... in my mind right now. Roy Williams on the beach in Maui, walking down. Mm. He's got his Hawaiian shirt on, and he's coming to tell us that we have to go to the arena right now and that we're late. Is and it, we're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, coach. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, damn it, where's Coach Odom, man? Like I liked him more. Sorry, was, sorry, we're trying to shoot a shell shake scene out of here again. We're trying. To... <laughs> Oh man! Oh, hey, we meant to do a uh, Final Four preview, but uh, yeah. obviously Roy changed our plans. Is there any parting thoughts on the Final Four you want to give the people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it on the ground in Indy. Wrap it up very quickly. Yeah, let's um, do it. Final Four thoughts. Of- we'll let people know we're going to be live uh, after the Final Four here in Indy. You and I on our YouTube channel, Titus and Tate. Uh, everyone listening mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast feed, it will be there as well. We appreciate you guys. Um, and yeah, Final Four thoughts in general for me. I think that we are setting up for the Monday night showcase that we all want and need. I think it's, that it's Gonzaga Baylor, and I hope that Saturday proves me right. And uh, that's, that's all. I'm knocking on wood. 
it's crazy how open people are about cheering for that. Yeah. Like, uh, like we talked to Andy Katz today. He was on camera. He had a camera in his face. He had a microphone in his hand. He was like, I'm cheering for Gonzaga and Bailey. He literally said, care. I'm cheering. Like, yes. Unbiased journalist. I know I'm supposed to. Yes. Yeah, I'm supposed to not be, but, like, that's what I want to see. That's and where we like all are. a lot are. of people are. And it feels like UCLA and Houston fans are like, I mean, kind of, like, frankly, like, it would be cool if we won, but, like. They already won. They that. already made the final yeah, four. You know, know what I mean? Like, they already won. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm with you. That that w- that would be awesome. Uh, it is a weird scene. We were downtown today. Uh, all the all the signs are up. Everything looks looks normal. It just is like not a lot of people there. It looks like a, it looks like they're waiting for the party to show up, but it's just never really going to show up. I mean, they got like T-shirts out. They got like streets closed, by the way. Like there there are certain streets blocked off and like tents set up, and it's like, you know, Final Four. Like it's just they hit a button. <laughs> It's like Indianapolis hits a button when the final. You know, it just like pops up, like flips over. Yeah, pops up. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> and it's set up everything. But then there, it's like we don't need that really this year. So that's kind of weird that it's here. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe it is. What is today? Thursday. Today yeah. was Thursday. There's still two days before the game, so maybe it'll pick up here in the weekend. But uh, yeah, weird vibes. But uh, you know, it's the Final Four, and it's always awesome. And I'm. And I, I can't wait because, yeah, if Gonzaga does play Baylor, it's going to be the coolest thing ever. So Yeah, Saturday we will have real preview thoughts uh, for the Monday Night National Championship game. Obviously, some reactions. I mean, you and I both have talked about this. We think Baylor-Houston is probably the more interesting game as far as, like, yeah. the chance for an upset. I'm slowly talking myself into Houston yeah. winning this, by the way, because I think they can muck it up. Baylor, Baylor is by far, as a reminder, by far the best team that Houston has played all season. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Uh, the, the best team they played all season is Texas Tech. Um, that was in November. So the, the, this is going to be – this is really going to test Houston. But, they, man, they, they know how to muck it up. They, they yeah, they are the muckers are. themselves. And UCLA, can... UCLA, same thing. I don't think they can muck against Gonzaga. They're just – as you and I both have said, they're just too good. But, um, I mean, look, never doubt the muckers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah never, never doubt Johnny the muckers. Juzang just play hero ball against Gonzaga. That'll be fun. If so, Johnny Juzang um, beats Gonzaga by himself, I will just say that is going to be like an all-time – you know, Johnny Juzang is yeah. going to shoot to the moon as far as his stock if he knocks yeah. out Gonzaga. Let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> They're going number one. Uh, all right. That's it. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Tate. Thank you, Tate, for, uh, for, for, yeah, I don't know, giving us perspective on Roy. That was, that was fun. That was useful. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame for for hosting us today. Yeah. We we had it. We had a great time. The Hoosiers gym. Hinkle thank Field you to the House. Butler Bulldogs for hosting us at Hinkle. The Bulldogs. Yep. 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 Where else did we go? We went to Basbo's Pizza. Mm. They didn't really host us that well. They kind of <laughs> waited on us like normal people do. We went to the Children's together. Museum there at the end. Saw the we dinosaurs did. with the we basketball. Did. Yeah. We yeah. Did. yeah. 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 It was so, great. Uh, fun fun times in Indiana. Uh, we are going to be doing, as Tate said earlier, we are, we are doing 3X3U on Twitter. Um, so if, if you're into that, if you have a basketball craving and, and you, you want something to watch, definitely watch that. It's fun. And I'm not just saying that because they, uh, you know, we're working on it. Like, I, 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 they, they, they didn't tell me that I have to say this. So, um, you know, I'm plugging it because I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is our, what, third year now? Fourth year? Third, third year, year doing yeah. it. And fourth year, but third time doing it because last year didn't happen. That's and, true. Uh, yeah, I, 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 we initially signed up just for the money. We were very upfront about that. We were like, I don't, I think this is going to be kind of lame, but uh, I'll take the money. And then we got there, and we were blown away at how fun the event is. So uh, check it out if you want. It's on Twitter. At, it's 3x3u. Uh, we're going to be doing that all weekend. It's going to be a ton of fun. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, we will see you guys Saturday. Thank you, Roy Williams.